BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week we've been taking your calls on everything from blue spruce trees, poinsettias and of course amaryllis. Wouldn't be Christmas without amaryllis, would it? We've also got some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus our plant of the week. We go straight to your calls and this week we start with Anna from Basildon. Hiya, Ken. And um, what yeah, can we do? Um, um, I've got a rubber plant. I've had it donkey's years. And all of a sudden, it started, the leaves have turn, are turning yellow and they're mm -hmm. all off. Right. Is this the rubber plant with the very large leaf or is it the one with the lots of little small leaves? Yes, small leaves, yeah. Right, Benjamina. Yeah, uh, uh, it's called Benjamina, its other name, I think. And that in normally yellowing of leaves generally is overwatering. Now, is it in quite a warm position? I mean, is it in your living room? Where have you got it? In the conservatory. And is it warm in the conservatory or does the temperature drop? Yeah, in winter it drops, yeah. Right. Okay, well, what it's actually doing is um, it's it's doing what it would naturally do. The cooler conditions will cause it to just drop some of its leaves. Now, is it all dropping, or have you got some green leaves? Yes, yeah, some green leaves. Yeah. It's been there donkey's years, Ken. Why has it suddenly decided it doesn't like the cold? It's, who knows with plants? When did you last pot it? Pot it up? Did you pot? I don't know. Years ago? Yeah. Yeah, you see, you might have it in a too tight a pot. You've possibly been watering it and it's felt the cold a bit more this year. I wouldn't unduly worry about it, but I would definitely not pot it up now, but I would pot it up in the spring with a good compost. Uh-huh. And leave it where it is at the moment. Yeah, leave it where it is. It, you'll find that if you look really carefully, I bet you'll find that it has got some very small buds on it, some green buds. I'll go and have a look at it. There. You have a look at it. It'll have green leaf bud as well. I bet it has. Leaf Little buds of green. Yes? Yes, yeah. There you are, you see. So it's sorting itself out. It's yeah. gone cold overnight, particularly. It's dropping some of its leaf. Just yeah. don't don't keep it too wet during the winter period. Because right now it's bone dry, Ken, and I was afraid to water it. No. Give, right, what you want to do is, if you can stand it in a bucket of water, I don't know how big the pot is. How big's the pot? Oh, it's quite big, yeah. It's about well, 10 inches wide, yeah. Right, give it tepid water, give it a drink, but don't let it sit in water, and then let it dry out before you water it again. Right. That's Shall I give it some food as well? No, food at this time of the year is no good to any plant because the light levels are too low and therefore it's not working. The inside of the plant is not working, it's just dropping some leaf, it will wait till the spring and off it goes again. Oh, brilliant. Oh, thank you, because I thought it was dead practically, so I'm so glad I asked you. That's all right. It's good to hear a house plant that, uh, in fact... You find that rubber plants are not as popular as they used to be. It's nice to hear about one. 
Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. Okay, Anna. Anna from Basildon. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, there you are. There's, um, there's a question for us. And we have a question here and poinsettias that's come in. I bought before last Christmas. Has survived. Has dark green leaves. No flowers. It's getting at least eight hours darkness a day. How can I get it? It's not getting enough darkness um, in the day. That's the problem. It, it needs more time. Uh, you can give it, you need to give it about 14 hours of darkness um, every day. And I mean total darkness. Some people put black polythene bags over it and, or keep it in a dark room. Because let's face it, you're getting at least 12 hours of um, darkness at the moment uh, overnight. Because we're not even up to our shortest day yet. So where it's dark from, I don't know four in the afternoon right round till seven thirty eight o'clock so you need to give it more darkness but in future um i'll give you a tip a bit later on on on, on poinsettias because you need to actually treat them totally differently it's no you're just keeping them you've got to treat them and look after them i'm going to go back to the phones now and that number to call is 0800 111 and we're going to talk to joyce hello joyce from basil oh, hello hello there I wanted to ask you about a ginger flower. I've never done one before, but I went mm -hmm. to the supermarket, bought one, and a couple of weeks later it started to shoot after I'd used it. So I planted it. It's up about four inches. How big do they grow? Only I've got it in the bathroom on the window they, edge. They grow quite tall. A ginger plant will grow about um, 15, 18 inches high. Oh, my God. But if you put it in a, um, put it in a good pot, it's it's an interesting plant to grow, and if you work it right, it could flower for you. Yeah, I just it was just curious. I've never seen yeah. one with a shoot on before, you know. No, it, it, they're they're good fun, and they're they're quite attractive. I think ginger they now use as well in um, in floral bouquets. I think they use the oh, flower as well. Yeah. Oh, so it, it will flower. It should flower for you. Yeah. All oh, right. Brilliant. It's up about four inches. So well, there there you go. You see. Good, can you keep us in touch and let us know yeah, how it gets yeah, on? Yeah, I will. Yeah, thank we, you very much. We do like to know about your, your survivals and your disappointments as well. Time now to look at plant of the week, which is winter jasmine, jasmine nudiflorum. Wonder why it's called that? Well, I'll tell you why it's called that, because it's a deciduous climber. Well, is it a climber? It's a messy, scrambling plant that can be trained on a trellis or a wall. It sounds as if I'm being a bit rude, but it's actually one of the few plants that actually flowers at this time of the year. It is deciduous, as I've just said, um, and it, in fact, comes from China and Tibet. So it's a bit of a distant plant that was imported. In China, it's called Ying Chun, which means welcoming of spring. But this year, it's been flowering since possibly November, and it will continue to flower right through Christmas, out the other side, and most likely well into February. Now, it has tiny green leaves, which are pretty insignificant. Um, and the reason I say it's scrambling and messy, because it is a very difficult plant to train. Um, it produces long woody branches, but if it's not pruned, it doesn't produce um, side shoots, and it's the side shoots, the green side shoots, that actually produce the flower. So it is quite important that you prune it. Some people sort of, sort of 
lump it together and then just prune it with shears. And often you see it over wooden arches and, and displays like that. And it actually can be very effective. In fact, one of the gardens that we, we look after, in fact, it's against one of the walls and it arches itself across a, a brick archway, tied in by wire, pruned regularly just by shears, and it is a mass of flower. What colour flower? Well, they're six-petal flowers, bright yellow and sometimes white. They look very attractive at this time of year, and it does really, you know, make something sort of a glimmer of hope of spring. What else can you use it for? Well, I'll tell you what, I have also seen it used as a ground cover plant. You can let it scramble along the ground. Um, I shouldn't suggest it, but you can actually strim it off, but really you should go over it with shears and then rake it off hard. Bit difficult on the ground because it does get sort of fallen leaves and debris and sometimes grass goes through it. But I have seen it used for that and it works really well indeed. Tolerates most soils and prefers sunlight or semi-shade. So they are, what am I talking about? Winter jasmine. Jasmine nudiflorum. Why is it nudiflorum? Because it flowers on bare wood. Go on, go out and get one. Try it in your garden. Lewis has, from Malden, is asking about, he has said he has bought a house, um, a newish house, but it has already been planted up in quite, he thinks, a. it says uh, it's planted very modern with lots of grasses, but they look dead. Now, <laughs> should I cut them? Well, there is a, um, grasses are not my favourite thing, I have to be honest. Um, however, they are very trendy, they're very popular, and in fact, a lot of um, designers do use a lot of grasses in their gardens. Now, you'll find that some grasses will die back and look, as uh, Lewis in Morden is saying, he's saying that uh, his look dead, and they may look dead, um, but... Um, Others stay in colour or they go bronze. Some grasses will go a sort of bronzy colour naturally. So that's quite, quite good to look for. Should you cut them down now? And the answer is no. Um, it is better to do them in the spring. And the reason for that is you actually slightly protect the crown of the grass and it will give it a better chance of growing away in the spring quite heavily, which is really quite important. Um, I know another garden that we're, I've looked at recently, and in fact the rabbits have already chewed the tops off the off the uh, grasses, but that's because they were actually green. So they've eaten the green bits of grass and not the um, not the dead bits of grass. But still, it'll save the save the owners cutting off the grass in the spring and doing that. So they are. So the answer to you, Lewis, is leave well alone until the spring. So they are. And we go to Pat from, uh, oh, where, oh, Pat, across the water in Kent, are you? Hello there. You know, you know, you know where the best, um, the best gardening programmes are, don't you, though, Pat? Over here yeah. in Essex. Yeah, that's it. I always listen to you. Good girl. Right, what can we do for you, Pat? Um, well, the thing is, um, I had a poinsettia plant, you know. Mm -hmm. I think my daughter got it from Ikea. I'm not going to say a word, but yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what happened, but all the leaves kept dropping off. And um, to be basically, basically honest, I haven't got it now. It's died, has it? It's yes. gone. Yeah. Right, 
Well, I'll tell you, it's it's actually quite interesting. We we would we often, you know, gardeners are a bit of a pain in the neck, really, because we go on and on about buying British. But um, there is a difference, you see, because in in England, um, basically, although although there's a, a denial on this of um, a denial completely that the Dutch are subsidised with their fuel for their greenhouses, there's rumour that they actually do get a bit of subsidy towards their glass house heating. And now what they do is they grow them very quickly in Holland generally, which is where a lot of poinsettias come from. They grow them very quickly, so they are slightly softer. Now in the UK, there's no subsidies for an English grower to grow poinsettias. Well, there's no subsidies for them growing any house plants or plants like that at all. So in fact, we grow them colder, but longer. Now, if you grow them colder and longer, they're a, they're a slightly hardier plant, which if you think about it, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, chances are that where she bought it, it was an import. And then mm. remember that they've only got to, if you pick up a poinsettia in store, today's a good example, and walk, say, several hundred yards with that poinsettia, unless it is wrapped up, it's going to cool very quickly. You then put it in the boot and you then go mm -hmm. and do some more shopping and it gets colder and colder. Then you get it indoors and you put it in the warm it can't cope with that. It doesn't like temperature mm. change. And that is one of the biggest problems with poinsettias. They don't yeah. need to be very hot. They don't need to be very dry or wet. They just need to be moist. What about the light? Light, they like a reasonable amount of light, but they will, on the other hand, survive in semi-light. You couldn't put them in total shade. They wouldn't like it. They drop their leaves. And remember mm -hmm. that the red is a leaf as well as the, um, as well as the green yeah. leaves. Yeah. So can I just tell you something really quick? Sorry. No, of course you can. Um, I bought some... Um, I went to the garden centre and I bought some hyacinth bulbs. Yeah. Because I yep. really love... I love the smell of hyacinths. It's gorgeous. And I gorgeous. always get them at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some in my garden as well, but the thing is, um, um, I didn't. I've not done them before, you see. But somebody said you have to like put them in the dark or something. That's right. Now, when did you buy your hyacinth bulbs? It was in November. In November, and did you did you plant them up in compost and put them in the dark or not? <laughs> you didn't, did you? <laughs> to be to be honest, they're actually in my bathroom. <laughs> Right, but are they... And they are in... actually... They, 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 you know, the leaves are sprouted. Yeah, no problem. And I no can problem. see the flower thing coming up. Right, doesn't matter. What you've basically done, you've most likely bought a pre... A, they're pre-cooled, a hyacinth. Yeah. If you bought it for as a pot plant type hyacinth, it would have been pre-cooled. So yeah. what, what they do to the bulb is they make it think that it's winter and then come warmer weather, which you put it in the bathroom, it will start to grow. Don't worry at all. It's people... Buy them in, say, October, November. They put them in the dark so they then will flower definitely for Christmas. And that's why people put them in the dark. It's to encourage right. them to grow. No, you'll have no problem and it should grow quite well and in the bathroom. Sorry, can I just say, the thing, I, the thing I find is when I when they finish flowering and everything, you're meant to leave the leaves, aren't you, till they go yellow. And You are. But yep. are you meant to feed them or something so yes. that all the goodness goes back? Yes, but remember, a hyacinth will never come true as it has this year for you. It will be a very heavy head. The second year, it does not produce such a heavy head. It goes, it diminishes its flowering power, even if you feed it. But all bulbs are better fed with a good liquid feed as the leaves die back. I mean, because could you give it some tomato food or something? No, tomato food is for a flower and fruit, and you're trying to actually get the goodness back into the bulb, which means that you have to use 
use um, a normal balanced fertilizer, which will get it back into the into the bulb for what next year. What about say phosphogen or something? That would work. Phosphogen's all right. It's more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. That's lovely. Okay. I wish Pat. you have a lovely Christmas. Thank you very and much. Happy Pat. New Year. Nice to hear Thank from you. you I from love a... listening to your gardening is is because I've got an allotment. You see. Oh right. So um, you're not doing much down there at the moment. See. To be honest with you, I actually, I've got some potatoes in the ground. Yep, get them I out. I think they're the red ones. The zero or one of those, but is I it? I planted them, I think it was in, oh, crumbs. I think I planted them in April or something. Mm-hmm. But because it was very hot, I didn't have, the potatoes weren't very big. Because there was no water, That's right, see. that's right. But the thing is... Do you think that I should try and get them out of the ground? You've got to get them out of the ground because if, if you get a very heavy frost, you'll get them all damaged and then they'll be a complete and utter waste. Oh, really? You yeah, mean get... you, can't, you won't be able to eat them? No, they'll, they'll rot. If the frost oh, gets them, they'll get frosty. I thought if I left them in the ground, no. they might le- just grow again next year. No, 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 no. Get them out of the ground and start again next year. Pat from Kent, thank you very much for your call. And we now go to Alan in Thundersley. Hello, Alan. Hello, Ken. What How are you? Well, oh, we're fine. What are you talking about today? Uh, well, I, like the lady before, I've got an allotment. Oh, and yeah. I've recently, um, well, the last month I was digging it over, uh, and I moved the rhubarb to another place. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I've replanted it, um, but I've looked at a couple of uh, different opinions in websites and things, and some say plant it an inch below, and some say plant it on top. What's your theory? Right, rhubarb, you, you basically, the most important thing about rhubarb is that you don't plant the crown below the ground. Um, right. Some people put them onto a mound, but I don't, I've never understood why, because if anything, then it, it, it dries out. And if a dry summer like this year, you don't want that. Um, see that the crown, that's the buds, are... Yeah above ground level which we do with quite a few plants really and then the most important thing with any rhubarb is to get some really nutritious stuff around them Um, and that's what you need to do is get you know compost manure around it but never on top of the crown because because it will rot it right and it's a good time to move or divide rhubarb at this time of the year so it's a good time to do that Someone said to me, just leave it on top of the ground right. and let the frost get out of it. Uh, that was something that they used to talk about. They used to talk about turning it over and letting the frost get at, get at it. I think that was when we had colder winters and they used to start earlier. And one of the reasons yeah. for doing that is because then when the frost got it, it, it's got its cold spell. And then people would bring it indoors, well, not indoors, but into a shed or into a cold greenhouse, and then because it had had its cold spell, the root was really chilled, you could then force it. So then all you have to do is leave that root in a bit of compost, or even as it is, and it will produce pink shoots, which you could then force. You know, it's a forced rhubarb then. All right, okay. All right? Yep. And quickly also, uh, I've got some turnips in the ground. I've not been out to get up there, because I've not been very well these last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, should I get them out or is it okay to leave them in? 
They'll they'll be fine as long as you don't get really very hard frost. I mean, you know, just watch the weather. I know they're saying it's going to go cold now, but you've got to have long-term cold in the ground that's going to damage root crops. It is worth, I mean, potatoes are worth getting out because, you, you know, once it's frosty on the top, you can't get down. But a turnip and parsnips, things like that, you can get get at yeah. through most of the winter period. And, and leeks? I've got some leeks in there as well. Leeks, again, they'll stand the, stand the frost and most people will just keep carry on taking leeks and enjoying them up and through into the winter and often up till Christmas, as we are doing at the moment. OK, then, Ken. Thank All you right. very much for your help. Yep. That's a Thank pleasure. You. Merry Christmas. And to you, that's Alan from Thundersley and we go to Scylla from... Is it Chelmsford? No, Glemsford, is that? Yes, what? the city of Glemsford. The city of Glemsford, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I'm in Suffolk. Where is Glemsford then? Uh, near Sudbury, you must oh, know Sudbury. S- oh yes, no Sudbury, yeah, across yeah, the Sudbury, just yeah. Up the road yep. around the corner, Temple R- uh, Hall, and and all that. Yeah. So, what can we do for you over in Suffolk then? No, I'm just going to tell you a story. I'm so pleased oh, with myself. Oh right. What have you done then? <laughs> Come on. Uh, on the old poinsettia tale again. Uh, had another one last year, thought, yes, a fortnight and it'll be gone. Anyway, I had a sudden thought. It started to drop. I brought it through to my kitchen, which is quite bright, and I sat it on top of the microwave. Right. And, <laughs> and of course, it gets warm on the top of there, doesn't it? It, it does, yeah. Yeah. And it started to perk, and it, it thrived and thrived. Come the summer, put it out in the greenhouse, gave it a drop of, you know, tomato feed and, and all the rest of it, and it is absolutely huge. I brought it in just as the weather started to turn quite chilly, put it in the wardrobe in the dark, and uh, I did exactly what you've been saying, um, and it is it is beautiful absolutely beautiful i'm so excited i think i think really you know um christmas christmas tree uh, poinsettias i mean poinsettias are quite um they're a bit of a buy at christmas throwaway plant i know they are but and i, I think know if, that you like people to do that but oh, I well, yes, it, it, i'll it, have a go it keeps the it keeps the industry going exactly. doesn't it but exactly so but, but they're it, a nice they're a nice green plant to grow in, they, the, in the house aren't they Absolutely, absolutely. But now, uh, I didn't honestly think it would red up, but it is. It's absolutely huge and gorgeous. That's so really... That's my tale. So you've done, you've done well on your poinsettia. I yeah? have. Yeah. Did so you, did, now, you said it's... Did, hang on, did you, did you say it had gone red or not gone red? Yes, it has. Now, did it do that on your own or have you done any of the darkness? Yes, yes, I put it in the wardrobe in the dark. In, and how, how many hours did you keep it in the oh, wardrobe? Uh, oh, at least 14. It's, uh, I was going to say, and that's what a lady earlier on was saying. She's, yep. uh, she'd only yep, done it for eight hours. I was listening to. Yeah. It's, not, it's not enough, is it? It's not no. enough. No, right. no. Good. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy your points, set here, and I, I, I expect... Certainly will. I expect, certainly will. Enjoyed it. I enjoy listening to you. I expect, a fo- I expect a phone call from you next year telling, you, telling us how big the point set here is for next year as, as well. Yes, I'll, I'll try and remember. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good to hear from Scylla in, in Glemsford. That I don't know, but it's near Sudbury, which we have heard of. Uh, why not give us a call now on 0800 4041. That's 0800 4041. Text 81333 and start the message with the word Essex. And you can also um, 
go to um, also go to the email and do it at ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. Um, we thank you for helping promote. This is nice. Do you remember we talked a lot about the gentleman, John, who opened his garden in aid of the National Garden Scheme? And that was in Bowers Gifford. It was a lit up a garden. Uh, we also had a caller come back to us and tell us how they thoroughly enjoyed it, even though the weather was terrible when they went there. And he said he's just jotted us a line to say that uh, thank you very much uh, for helping him promote because he's made £600 for charity. So that's really nice. Thank you very much, John, for letting us know. That's really very important indeed to know things like that. Back to gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. I'm going to start off with leaves. Now you'll say, oh yes, they've all gone. I've cleared them up in my garden. No, you haven't. They'll be underneath the shrubs. They'll be underneath your herbaceous plants, on top of your herbaceous plants. And if they're on top of your herbaceous plants, they'll be encouraging moulds and mildews and damp spots. Get them away and put them on the compost heap or create a area that you actually just store leaves and make some lovely leaf mould. And you know, I've told you before, leaf mould is very easily achieved by putting it into polythene bags, black polythene bags. Tie them up, put them behind the shed, forget all about them, leave them for a year and you'll have leaf mould. Well, you will if it's not all oak leaves because oak leaves are difficult, maybe take two years. So they are. Get rid of the leaves. And if you have trouble getting them out of shrubs, use a stick, pick them out, or use one of those uh, handy blowers that blows them out from under the shrubs. But get rid of them. Make your garden look tidy for Christmas. Now let's look at something else you could be doing. More if you want soft fruit in your garden, it's a great time to buy and plant. Uh, things like raspberries, blackberries, gooseberries, Black currants, all of those are available bare root at this time of year, which means that they have been lifted from the ground, bare roots, they're then wrapped, and you can buy them quite cheaply. Whereas later on in the season, once you get to spring, you're buying them because they've been containered. Now, once they've been containered and grown in a container, they're going to cost you a lot more money. So it's a great time to think about, do I want to grow a few raspberries? Well, today, raspberries, there's several varieties that you can grow in containers, and you just keep just chopping the tops off them and they keep producing raspberries, uh, gooseberries and all of these really. You can grow in containers on your patio, even a blackberry. Choose possibly a thornless blackberry if it's up by the house. Train it on the fence, train it on a trellis. So don't be afraid of getting out there, buying some soft fruit from your local garden centre or retail nursery and getting it in your garden to produce your own crops. Save you going down the supermarket and buying raspberries next year. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Mike in Colchester has sent us an email and uh, he has, um, he's bought jasmine bulbs in Shanghai. Jasmine bulbs. Jasmine bulbs. He's placed them in a tall glass with warm water. They open up and flower. Hey presto, jasmine tea. But jasmine tea is made from jasmine. I don't understand the bulb. Um, a bulb of jasmine. Now you've got me there, Mike, in Colchester, completely. Um, 
You see, gardening is a learning curve that we all have to deal with, whether we've been in it for years or not. So I don't quite get that because jasmine to me is a plant and not a not something like that. So I don't I don't understand that. I'll have to actually think about that one and see whether see whether um, see whether you know see see oh, jasmine. Don't know. I'm going to go to John. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. We're going to talk to John. In, there's two Johns. We've got John in Brentwood, and then we've got John, who wants to talk about scale insect. Oh, you haven't got scale insect, have you, John? Yes, hello, Ken. John in Ilford, by the way. Oh, hello, John in Ilford. Hello, Ken. Thank you for a great programme, but I'm really in trouble with scale. Yep. Uh, they've, they've killed a beautiful uh, spider plant that I've had for some 20-odd years. Um, and I can't work out where they're coming from. It's an indoor plant, of course. Of course, yeah. So where are they coming from and how do I get rid of them is my question. Where do they come from? Well, they generally, I hate to say it, they come in on plants. Ah, yeah. okay. So, so you could have... <laughs> how, long, how long have you had the plant? Oh, a good 20-odd years. Oh, have you had other house plants it might have come in yes, on? Yes, oh yes, 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 yes. They've come it could have come in and... on that. Ah, I see. And what, what, what are they fly? Do they crawl? How do they get? Um, no, they're not. They do they fly? No, they don't. They don't <laughs> fly. No, oh. um, they don't fly at all. But scale insect is one of the pigs to get rid of. It really is. Oh, um, okay. Do you you generally wipe? You can get a wipe for house plants which is worth using and you can actually wipe them off a soft tissue um, however where they're down in the crowns of the plant you possibly have got to use something you know stronger like one of the indoor sprays that you will be able to find that has got scale insect on it and do I obviously isolate it from all, all my other stuff? Well, yes, because it will, it will, I'm just trying to think how it moves. Isn't that funny? I can't yes, actually work. Does, does well, scale you, you, move? You know what it's like? It, it's a sticky. Um, oh, it's horrible. It's all sticky. And you think, where's that coming from? You see these tiny little specks on there. Yeah. Now, is I, it, I, I, I did Google it and they said you can pick them off one at a time, but my you can. God, you know, life's too short. If you've got a woody house plant, say you had a, a, a ficus, one of the, we were talking about ficus benjamina, that's yes, the, the rubber that's plant right. with the small leaf. If you had it on there, now I'm not allowed to recommend this because it hasn't got a, <laughs> the correct label, but if you've got it, say you get scale insect on a, heart, on a woody plant, you can touch it, they tell me, with methylated spirit on a earbud and well, that, hang on that, 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 that's touch each individual thing I mean there's yeah, a couple of hundred of but them. you can only do it where you've got a woody stem you can't do that on a green plant because it will burn ah. it you see do you see the problem yes I do and of course the spider plant's all green yes yeah, so you've got to go back to an insecticide you've got to use an insecticide how about I leave it outside in the cold? No, they're, they're tolerant. They will. They mainly will survive. I know your plant will survive <laughs> as well. No, no, the plant won't survive frost. A spider no, plant right. can be can be grown outside, but it will not tolerate frost. That's, I guess that yes. But despite the nasty little scale weather, they okay. are they are real pig to get rid of. I hate <laughs> to say it, and a lot of people with a with something like a, what you've got, spider plant or a chlorophytum, will possibly give up, bin the chlorophytum, go out and buy another one. 
<laughs> but we all get attached to our plants, don't we? And we don't absolutely. want to get rid of them. Yeah. Absolutely. As I say, I've had this one 20 years and it's had thousands of offspring. Yes. Now, you might, what you might be able to do is try starting a couple of offspring. Yes. And get rid, of, get rid of mother plant, you see, and then uh, look, look for them on, on, the, on the baby plants, clean that right. up and go from there. Right. That's an idea for you. Would it be in, in the soil of the pot plant? Would I have to destroy that as well? Uh, no, they're not in the soil, they're on the plant. They're sucking out of the plant. Right. Okay. But, but we're still not sure where they come from. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure how they move plant to plant. I haven't worked that one out. I just accepted right. that scale insect. One day I'll look it up and tell you next week. How about that? I'll check it out and let you go next week, all right? Thank you very much. Keep listening. And don't forget that you can get this this programme, plus extra tips on what to do in the garden. If you go to BBC Sounds, that's a new app you should have on your phone by now or your iPad. Uh, they are BBC Sounds. Uh, not forgetting that you can listen live, I think, to the programme on BBC Sounds as well. So they are BBC Sounds. That's the new app from BBC. Uh, let's now go to John again. Another John from Brentwood. John, what morning, have we got? Ken. You're what in we got? the right place this morning in the studio. I am indeed. Right, I can't remember the name of the plant, but you will know. It has a tall, thickish green stem with um, at least four trumpets on it, orangey-coloured, large trumpets. Is this indoor or outdoor? No, indoor. Large... Oh! Uh, oh, yes. Oh, and it's got a strap-like leaf. Ka -ka yeah. Ka gone. Oh, it's gone. Exactly. Well, anyway, Ooh. you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favourite plants. I think it's one that I came across as an apprentice all those years ago, um, and it will come to me in a minute. But, yes, a strap-like yeah, like, plant, orange like, trumpets, yep. Right, it's like a massive great bulb, and I've split it. Yep. And I've split it into five, and I did that quite a few months ago, and there is no sign of any flowering at all. From any of the plants, what am no, I doing wrong? No, you're, not, you're most likely not. You've given it a bit of a shock. Have you planted them in smallish pots? Because they like yeah. to be pot-bound. Yes, quite small. Clivia. Uh, Got it, Clivia. No, no, it's not Clivia. It's another name. It's not Clivia? All, all the supermarkets sell them for Christmas normally. With uh, And as I say, that no, Orange it's not Clivia. It's not Clivia, but it's got a wide strap leaf. Well, it's got a Amaryllis. Wide... Hey, amaryllis. amaryllis. That's it. Oh, you got amaryllis, right? Yes. Amaryllis. <laughs> now, hang on. Then it's produced offsets, which are small bulbs. Yes. Yeah. And you've taken all the small bulbs off, and you are expecting them all to flower. They will take several. Well, I'm expecting the original one to flower. It's not the rest of them. They could right. they're not small. They're quite big. Right. When did when did the big one last flower? Last year. Last year, yeah. It's just having a rest. You won't, can't worry about it. It does happen. Um, feed it. Um, it's a waste of time in a way feeding it now. But how yeah. how much growth has it got? And is it? I mean, well, when, how long has it been leafing? It's been normal growth throughout the year. It it uh, it um, and it's vigorous. The growth. Right. 
Well, give it some give it some tomato food. That would be the best food to feed it with because that would encourage flour. Now, the other ones, if they're smaller bowls, which they will be slightly smaller, they could take a couple of years before they actually flour. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. So you can't... No miracles, I'm afraid. OK. Can I get one more question in? Yeah, go on, go for it. Is the winter wash for fruit trees still any good that you can buy? Now, I have to be very careful what I say here. Let's uh, just say that winter wash today is not what it used to be. Right. It is a help, but not a dynamic help. Right. How about that? Am yeah. I being careful? I have to be careful. because. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's doing, it does a job, but it won't, yes, the thing it won't do, whereas the old one, you know where you've got a crevice on, a, on an apple tree yeah. and you've got overwintering bugs in there, it will get, the old one used to get rid of those. That's right. Because it yeah. was a tar wash and it used to blank off stuff completely and kill them. It doesn't do that. Right. Okay. So it's not quite as good as it used to be. Fair enough. I All just right. wondered. I saw it advertised the other yeah. day and I wondered. Helps, but not as good. No. Like, a, like a lot of the things that we're having to use today because of safety. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky. I have got some old stock and I won't say anymore. Yeah. So use it and enjoy yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> smells nice. Nice as, It smells nice as well. I used to love spraying my dad's trees with him when I was a kid. Well, I did, exactly. <laughs> Lovely smell, that tar. Anyway. This modern world isn't as good as it cracked up to be. <laughs> can't, can't get rid of some of those bugs, can we? No. <laughs> All the best, John. All the best. Have a, good, have a good Christmas. And let's go to another John. Lots of Johns on the programme today. John in Takeley. Hello, John. Hello there, Ken. What we got for us? Right. Um, can you give me some advice, please, on... Pruning a Picea pungens glauca, blue right. spruce. So it's a blue spruce. Um, basically, you would prune it. It's pruned actually the same as you would prune a Christmas tree. Is it a large right. one? It's four foot tall. Yep. It's a, it's a living tree that I purchased last year. Good. But it's taken on what I call an open appearance. Right. It's okay. not really dense enough to bring into the house. Okay. Christmas. Right, April, May time, um, which mm -hmm. is about the time that they start to grow, what you do is you nip back, you keep it, look at it from a shape point of view, which is what you're talking about. You're trying to get it a nice bushy shape. Yeah. And what you do is you tip it, all the, all the, all the branches you tip back, and they will right. then encourage new growth from that branch. And you're thickening, you're thickening it up, and also give it a blooming good feed. That's really important as well. Right. Okay. Um, what standard? Yeah. Um, potash any, type feed. Yeah. Any any good general feed will do. I mean, I, I would give them liquid feed, and you can even do a, a liquid feed over the top of the plant as well, if you like. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. That that, that sounds good. Yeah. Is it likely that doing this will encourage more shoots from in from between the existing branches? No, no. What that doesn't happen, which is which is is difficult with conifers. They won't regrow from the very old right. growth. What you'll get is the 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 ones that you've got will branch again. So the green. I'm calling them green shoots, but they're grey green. 
uh, but they yeah. will shoot again. Oh, lovely. All right. Okay, that's great. That's can, a... I, can I ask you one more small, quick question? Of course you can, John. Um, treatment for um, scarred fly, please, in houseplants. Scarred fly, all you can use is there is a drench on the market that you can use. It can add to your water. Um, it's actually not for scarred fly necessary. I think you'll find it's for vine weevil, but that will do the job. Okay, that's great. All Thank right. you very much. Okay. Have a good Christmas. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips I've got for you this week. Guess what I've been finishing off this week? Well, I talk about what we do a lot, um, pruning fruit trees. Yes, not stoned fruits, never stoned fruits at this time of the year because you can encourage a bacterial canker and other nasty diseases into stone fruits, but apples and pears. And it's a good time to cut out all the crossing limbs, uh, damaged limbs and diseased limbs. And uh, because there's a lot of disease on trees today, we see a lot of canker in some of the aged trees, which is where the, op the bark is opening up and cracking you can see a lot of that just cut out those nasty pieces and encourage some new growth now when you do that if it has got canker be sure that you clean your secateurs before you go on to perhaps a younger tree mainly just uh, don't be too heavy on your pruning prune to shape that's the most important thing about fruit tree pruning today. We don't prune as we used to in the old days, like I used to prune with my old dad. Um, it's really to shape, and we find we get better crops in that way. So come on, get out there with your secateurs and your pruning saw, and you get those apple trees pruned. It wouldn't be right if I didn't mention Christmas trees, now would it? If you're buying a Christmas tree, and I saw recently um, someone who suggested that the first thing you must do with a Christmas tree, you, like, you look at one that's perhaps a cut tree, and you think, oh, well, it's a non-drop. Will it drop? Well, you pick it up, and you bang it hard on the ground. If it drops loads of needles, it is not that fresh. So they are, that's what you have to think about. Is it a fresh tree? If it is a fresh tree, because it hasn't dropped many needles, well, buy it. When you get it home, take it out of its wrap because they will have netted it for you. Cut a couple of inches off the bottom and stuff it in a bucket of water. Leave it out there for a, possibly a day if you can and it will start to take up water. The next thing you've got to think about is if you're buying a stand, you need a stand that actually has water because that way you can give it a drink just like a vase of flowers. The other thing about buying trees is that you see a lot of pot grown. Now pot grown is better than potted because potted is just where they've chopped the roots off and jammed it into a pot. You want pot grown. Now these are grown in pots in the ground and then what they do is they sever the roots off around the pot and then sell it to you as a potted tree. These have a very good chance and I mean a very good chance of actually being able to be grown on in a container or in the ground in your own garden. So they are they're the two things that you've got to look after. And most important of all, whether it's a potted, whether it's a cut tree, is give it water through Christmas. Don't put it near a radiator or anywhere that's too hot. Fires, keep them away from. And remember, they are flammable. So keep a well away from a log fire or a coal fire if you've got one in your house. And they are. That's what we got for you this week. Top tips from me, Ken. I've heard a lot about artificial Christmas trees and we are 
considering now getting a real Christmas tree as a better for the environment now sustain and more sustainable. Well, there is there was an interesting argument. I had this argument last week. And uh, of course, there is an argument that if you buy a a plastic Christmas tree, you can make it last five years and therefore you're not cutting down five trees. However, the the argument for real trees is that they are actually taking in all that dreadful gases that we put out there and they're breathing out oxygen for us. So they're actually helping the environment. So the more that we plant Christmas trees, the better it is for the environment. So you should buy a fresh Christmas tree, in my opinion. Now, of course, lots of you will be saying, oh, that's absolute rubbish and, you know, it's not, not necessary at all. And they drop needles, they make a mess. Well, what's a bit of mess at Christmas? Blimey, every time someone opens a present, they got a mess, haven't they? they got all that wrapping paper and sticky, blooming bits of sellotape stuck all over the place. What's a few needles? You can get out, get out your hoover and vac all that up, can't you? So it's not a problem. Mark in Braintree, that's your answer. Get out there and get a proper Christmas tree. Um, now, back to these jasmine bulbs. Um, there is a thing called jasmine bulb, but um, it's, it's, well, is it is it a jasmine bulb or isn't it a jasmine bulb? It's actually a flowering tea jasmine. It's a lotus bulb. So, you know, it's as green green tea leaves. <sighs> I don't know. Is it is it is it a jasmine or isn't it a jasmine or is it just for making jasmine tea? It's not very clear really at all. Um it is a sort of plant. Um you can buy them. And uh, it's a, I don't know, it's a green tea of fresh green crops and it flowers. And it is from a bulb. But whether that's what they make jasmine out of, green jasmine tea, I don't know. I don't drink jasmine tea. And it seems to flower as well. So it seems I've had a lot of complaints that I didn't know what it was. Well, the thing about gardens is you never know what everything is. Um, but in fact, there's one here that um, Mills, Mills Warders Slade from Kent, he loves the programme. Well, you see, you see someone else, Mills, you see, you're listening to the right programme. That, that Kent one's not as good as Essex, you know. But anyway, China Tea Jasmine Bowl can be purchased on certain online sites. Yes, I've just found one. And it's, they're very cheap. They're only £5.56. So that's a very good bra. Very good indeed. Um, so they are. You can, you can do that as well. So let's, uh, let's not worry about that anymore. We've done Christmas trees, haven't we? Now, what about this comedia that we're going to look at as well? Uh, you can still get a call in on 800 Um This is from, doesn't say, but it's a camellia, 15 years old. It's in a big tub. It's not been too good last two years. And ants don't help. There's only a few flower buds now. What can I do for it, please? Well, if it's got ants, you really got to get rid of your ants. And that really is quite important because ants don't chew the roots, but they produce lots of uh, tunnels and air holes around the roots, which, is cause, which causes a plant some stress. So that's what you have to worry about. It's the stress that is going to be causing it. If it's been in the big tub for many, many years, it can be worth scraping off a couple of inches of the uh, compost from the top of the uh, top of the tub and then re re-putting some fresh compost down now what you need to do is put an ericaceous cos uh, compost down there 
uh, because that's what it needs. It needs some ericaceous compost, and that's what you need to do. So scrape that off. And then the other thing is, is something that you, you should do is that you should actually think about, think about using a good tonic in the spring and use, again, uh, something like a maxi crop or one of the ericaceous uh, products, and you can pour that over the leaf, and it will, it's a bit like a tonic, and the it'll take it in through the leaf. Um, I've just had Mike send it, telling me that Kent have got a longer programme. Well, yeah, the, the, the listeners here keep telling the boss here that they should have a longer gardening programme, uh, Mike, but um, we used to have three hours, but we're now down to an hour, so it's a different type of programme today. It's a phone-in, it's fast, it's furious, and not, a, not too much chatter. So, anyhow, Mike, thank you very much for your comment from Kent, and send my, send my regards to Steve Bradley when you talk to him on air. Um, We've talked about uh, camellias a lot, and it is really important to encourage the bud. Now, again, in a tub, it might have dried out through the period when it's producing the bud, which is July through to September. And during that period, it's really important that you don't go on holiday because then it might dry out. So it's important that you feed it at that time with possibly a tomato food, which will help it produce buds. So there are, there's several things that you could be doing with your camellia. Uh, we've dealt with these, uh, with, with these jasmine bulbs. If they're placed in a tall grass, warm water, they grow like mad, you see. I want to hear more about that because I don't know anything about it. Um, here's a note as well. Had scale insect on each of my three blueberry bushes on the trunk of a main plant and stems. I used a fingernail to scrape off each scale insect. <laughs> that will do the trick. I don't think that was, I think it was a John, wasn't it, was talking about those. And he, I don't think, wants to get onto his chlorophytum or his spider plant and scrape every insect off. I think it's best to get rid of the main plant and work on those others. That's what I would do. Um, moving on from that, Roger has uh, sent us a text as well. And Roger is saying he bought a cheap packet of polyanthus seed last winter. 50% success through a cold winter hot summer now flowering in lovely pots in the garden. Um, there's nothing wrong. You know, it, it's interesting how Roger says, you know, they were cheap polyanthus seeds. Um, most polyanthus seeds aren't a fortune unless you go for some of the doubles or the special colours. Uh, but, but ordinary polyanthus are really starting to show because I've noticed they took a hell of a bashing through the summer period um, with the hot weather, but they actually don't seem to be causing a lot of trouble now. They're up, they're going, and as you say, they're starting to flower in the garden. If you get polyanthus, um, if you buy polyanthus in in garden centres, do be careful because they've been grown under glass and if we have severe weather, you'll find that the flower buds will go off very quickly. And what you need to do then is if they get damaged, is pick them back right down deep into the centre because then you'll encourage more growth. So watch you don't let them rot and go backwards. Uh, last but not least on the text today, hi Ken, I have a bird of paradise plant which I put outside during the summer but it has not flowered yet. Will it be okay if I put in the garage for the winter? No, you can't put a bird of paradise plant in the garage. 
you're, it's got no light. You've got to be nice to it. It needs warm temperatures. Where do they come from? You see them in the Canary Isles. People bring them back from the Canaries. So no, you've got to have it indoors. It needs warmish water. Then let it dry out and give it a fair bit of encouragement with good light. That's really very important indeed to get good light. That's what you want. Plenty of light. So come on, be nice to your birds of paradise. It doesn't say, oh, it's Marilyn. Marilyn, you look after that plant. Get it in the window and give it a bit of, bit of light and a bit of encouragement. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you've missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.